All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Strongman Winter Circle podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Camby. This is episode 38, and we have a special show because today we have the OSG Championship Chat. So first of all, we have the 80 kilo winner from last year. We have Ricky Panganaban and most recently broke the Axel uh, clean and press record for the 80 kilo class. And then we also have Mr. Nikolai Myers, 90 kilo winner from last year from the official strongman games. And he also broke his own record um, in the circus dumbbell back in April. So we have the 80, the 90 and the 105 kilo champs all talking all in one place. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here. So how's everybody feeling four weeks out from the contest? Which Let's is party. crazy. It just came it came so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I mean, everything's lining up perfectly for me and all that. Schedule's looking great. Just ready to go out there in Daytona Beach and just put on a show pretty much. That's a, that's all we can ask for. Um, but yeah, before we get into the OSG, we have some previews we like to talk about. We got some fun questions. We got a lot of fan questions. Uh, but let's just catch up with the guys. If uh of course, Nikolai, if you want to just, if you want to start first, you want to just fill us in since last OSG in terms of uh your travels and what you've been up to. Yeah, man. Um I kind of get all over the place sometimes with, with things going on. I got a lot going on. I uh I dabble in motorsports as well as you guys see. Um so I've been doing some stuff with the Nitro Circus team. I'm from Maryland. They're out of Maryland, so uh I've been rooted with them. Um but since OSG, uh, I kind of – after OSG, I prepped for the Circus Dumbbell World Record. Uh, it was set by Leroy Smith at around 237, 238 pounds. Um, and uh, I actually missed my first attempt in Nashville and completely trashed a dumbbell down there. And then uh, Clash gave me second chance, and I opened at a new world record of 242. Um, everyone saw that there was misload drama, but in my opinion, it just added to the spectacle of the show and got more people engaged with the moment. Um, and then I turned around and broke it again into 252.6, whatever, uh, pound press. And I believe it is pound for pound, the strongest dumbbell ever pressed. Um, so after that, I went right into prep for clash pretty much. And, um, I had an injury from years back. Um, I would say leading up to post 2019 OSG, um, I had crunched my L5 S1 warming up on front squats, sub 200 pounds on the bar weight guys, like all of us do in our sleep any given day and um, just the right angle. And it, the inflammation got so bad. it, It shut my hip flexors down. Now fast forward rebounded from that. Um, it happened in in prep for Clash, and uh, I had a tweak about five weeks out, and then about two weeks prior, so I immediately went into rehab. Um, two weeks prior, I was feeling good, and I got three reps in on a 600-pound deadlift, just maintenance pulls, really trying to just get a couple reps in at comp weight and call it. Um, effort was probably, you know, seven, eight out of ten. Um, we weren't going crazy. And uh, I was working on my hitch because, as you know, when you do an AMRAP event, you kind of got to milk everything out of you can, everything out of each rep you Very can. Very much like a poundstone so, hitch? I call it a trailer park hitch, son. I get <laughs> I get way back. Um, and uh, I felt it, and immediately uh, 
I, I felt the tingling go down through my legs. Um, and I knew I was in for a world of pain in about a minute. So, um, I literally got carried out of the gym, got carried to a cold tub, got on the, uh, started all my anti-inflammatory procedure. I even called you yes, uh, leading up the clash as, as a former champion. And I was going in as, as a contender. Um, and I was looking forward to competing against guys like CJ and Nick O'Hare and, and Devin. They're, they're all great dudes. I love, I have fun with them and uh, it was going to be a great show. And, and it still was. And uh, I called you cause I had some turmoil with, you know, I felt obligated to follow through with this, but I didn't want to go on and then wreck the end of my year. Uh, making something that was iffy worse. And uh, I feel like I made the right decision by withdrawing um, about a week prior. And you you yourself helped me really navigate that with your experience. Because um, as you know, like going into a show uh, as a champion, you, you, you have a target on your back. You're expected to show up. You're expected to perform. And uh, it's hard to step away from things when you're expected to be there and and give guys an opportunity to, you know, uh, run with Abrong against you. And uh, that's part of it. So um, I withdrew and then immediately uh, did about a four, a three or four week period of just bulletproofing the back, uh, took our time. Um, my coach, Max, and my nutritionist, who is also a spinal surgeon. Um, I've got a really good team uh, revolving around that. Uh, I couldn't have a better combo uh, with, with the injury. And, um, we just spent weeks bulletproofing the back, strengthening the core, uh, fine tuning all the little muscles in that area, um, back raises, um, and kind of diagnosing or dissecting the video of the injury, um, and my hip position to avoid that in the future. Cause as we now know, it's not a weight issue. It's the right angle at the wrong time issue. Um, it's typically when my hips start to curl under me and my back is no longer supporting. And it's, it's a very subtle angle that it, it's hard to feel. Um, and it's when I get to the point of the deadlift where it's no longer pulling down, right? I'm, I start to hitch and my hips curl under me and it creates a crunching motion and it just, it hits a nerve just right. And it just, it, it wrecks me. Are you going to plan to hitch um, in this OSG or are you, you going to try to avoid and really squeeze um, the boots? If you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. 
Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. Working, I've been working on the hitch for when I need it um, and really getting myself into a position to set my posture. So basically, once I get it to my knees, setting my back and then ramping versus just trying to do it all at once. So hitching in a safe position, per se, um, safer. Um, but the, the plan is going into this pulling, um, taking my time and just chipping away rep by rep as safe as possible to not ruin the rest of my show and get as many points as possible. Now, uh, depending on where I'm sitting out in points in that event, that's going to depend on how much I, I, I hit the gas pedal. Um, I'm an explosive individual and I need to move that bar explosively to get it off the ground. That's just how I am. Um, so it, it's going to be kind of like an in the moment decision of, of how that event goes and obviously not sacrificing the rest of the contest. Cause my day three is yoke circus dumbbell and stones. And those are three events that I'm, I'm the best in the world at circus dumbbell. I was the only one to complete stones mm-hmm. last year and I can carry anything. So uh, setting myself up for a really good day three is, is the goal. Awesome. Um, And recently, go ahead. I was say really quickly, I was doing some uh, math on the, on our dumbbells because of course I recently hit the dumbbell. (laughs) I think you beat me by a few percent. I think I had to go for a 300 pound dumbbell to be equivalent. uh, I think you should go for a 300 pound uh, dumbbell. We'll we'll see. Uh, All these (laughs) records are fun, but we gotta, we gotta focus. I always get a little like nicked up. Never do a record, but less about me. Uh, you, you were saying, um, and then after that, uh, I went on the road with uh, Nitro Circus doing we did an off road uh, border to border run from Canada to Mexico. Um, and uh, it was an event uh, with Nitro Circus, uh, and Hubert, um, who if you followed action sports at all, he, he's, he's known as everyone's favorite redneck. Uh, he races side by sides. Motor. He's done motocross, all that stuff, and he actually builds all the tracks and the ramps for Travis Pastrana, oh, over wow. Pastrana Land, and various other action sports athletes. He's a he's a dirt god um, when it comes to trajectory. Um, and then, yeah, I'll just say really quickly one of the one of the questions when you're on this big trip: How are you managing your nutrition and your training? Um, yeah, that was the tricky part, right? So. Um, Street by Tommy started us off, him and Hubert started off on the Canadian border in it was Wyoming or Montana or something. And then, uh, Tommy had to bounce out, uh, to you know, he's the MC for Nitro Rallycross. And then I was the relief pitcher halfway. And then it was me and Hubert all the way down to Mexico. Um, so I had about a week in Utah and there wasn't really any strongman gyms, um, but uh, at that point, you know, this is before we hit that four week mark where I peak. Um, and we had the intents of doing a back rehab week uh, at some point before I peak, just to make sure my back's healthy, make sure it's good, get it feeling everything a okay before we hit peak hard and hit contest weights and, and really run it into the ground. 
Um, so that's what we did. Uh, and it was a lot of just barbell movements um, and uh, assistance movements, just really bulletproofing the back and making sure it was happy, especially sitting in that side-by-side all day. Uh, and we're talking like we're hitting 200 mile days um, all off road. And it takes, you know, we'd be taking off at 8 a.m., 9 a.m. And some days getting done at like 11 p.m. Uh, rolling into the trailer. Um, and then as far as nutrition goes, uh, my nutritionist wasn't worried. I spent a lot of time eating potato bread, honey, and peanut butter on the go. Um, and then in the mornings is when I would really get a big meal in. So I'd get a thousand plus calorie meal there. And then in the evenings, I get a thousand plus calorie to keep my calories up. Uh, but the main focus was just high protein. Um, cause it wasn't a long enough period that it would throw off my physique, my condition, Um, as long as I was getting, hitting my protein, uh, for the recovery. So, um, another shameless plug, uh, battle bars, they were a big instrumentation, uh, with getting, keeping that protein up snack on the go. Um, it's a veteran known and operated protein bar company. And I was eating those like candy, uh, about every hour I was smashing, you know, two peanut butter and honey sandwiches, uh, beef jerky and a battle bar, just, and I was getting probably around uh, a few hundred calories in that alone per. So a little higher fat than I normally run, but it's okay. Cause once we hit Arizona, we were just baking in the sun all day long. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. you, look, you look nice and tan. There was, yeah. A little bit, except for my legs. Cause I was in pants. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but basically, yeah. So it was, that was kind of the strategy was just getting a, a high volume of protein in during that duration and getting big meals in where I could. Um, but it was, it was a rad time, epic scenery, once in a lifetime stuff. Uh, they did coast to coast last year or two years ago. And then this year was border to border and to see the terrain change from, from Northern Utah down to the Mexican border was fantastic. We had some hiccups. I smoked, uh, I caught a flat, slip went in caught a flat going into a turn um and uh clipped the berm came out of the berm shot across the trail and hit probably the only stump within 100 yards um split the rim because the tire was flat bent the upper and lower arm a ball joint so the next day put us a day behind because we had to tear it down and rebuild a little bit of the machine but uh we we picked up the pace and made up the time and um once we got into Arizona, it was a lot more wide open once it came down through Sedona because it was Sonoran Desert Territory. And uh, it was pretty neat because there was all these signs once we hit the Sonoran Desert about uh, drug smuggling routes. And and so, like, it was kind of a little sketchy. We didn't want to sit one place too long. And seeing all the Border Patrol presidents, you're like, okay, yeah, we're, we're not careful. Kansas we need, anymore. We need you on one piece at the big show. So it's mm-hmm. <laughs> glad you're on But piece. once I got into Northern Phoenix, uh, there's a strongman gym in Flagstaff, which I was driving 30 minutes to. And, and Hubert was great. He understood what I do. So he was making sure I got to those strongman gyms once we got out of Utah. And then we were in Cottonwood. So I was driving to Flagstaff from there. Um, we put my motorcycle on the trailer, and I would just commute on that to and from. Um, and then, uh, we were in the Phoenix area about a week. We had a couple of sponsors, um, that have their headquarters there in Phoenix, like shock therapy and stuff. So I was training out of my home gym, uh, for the second half of it, 
So it really didn't mess things up training wise. I didn't miss a single training day. Um, everything went according to plan. I'm, I was hitting comp weights. Um, and right now it's just main focus is dialing back in that nutrition and just uh, stay the course and ramping up toward and finishing off with a really strong peak. And that then it's all she wrote. Perfect. Very busy 2022. Very similar. Very. Because I also hurt my back. But Ricky, fill, fill right. us in what's been going on. Oh, so like ever since OSG yeah, last year? Yeah, yeah, give us a little synopsis. Uh, how's life? All right. So um, definitely I was still in um, bioengineering graduate school over at UCR. And uh, I was finishing Jesus. my master's. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun times. Um, still trying to apply to medical schools at the time. So I was doing a lot of volunteering at um, Riverside Community Hospital, doing um, helping out my family with the family restaurant, stuff like that. Um, what, what what do you guys what do you guys serve? Um, authentic Mexican and seafood. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's authentic as it gets. I mean, Marina Valley or in that area. I don't know how you guys are familiar with SoCal, but like probably the best menudo and handmade tortilla flour tortillas you're gonna get around that area. So oh. Shane was plugging that, I guess. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, other than that, I was doing the school. I was like, all right, hey, I won twenty twenty one OSG. Um, kind of want to ramp it up. So I decided, like, hey, I need to get a coach and uh, just ask around, like, Mock. Um, yeah, Andrew Mock, you guys are familiar, Eric, Eric King. Um, they asked Bromley about it, too. And uh, they're like, yeah, just uh, look into, like, the a thing that I got most of the name that came up a lot was uh, Tyler, Tyler Young. So we ended up talking, onboarded me, everything. I liked everything about it. And then it all sounded good. So plan was uh, three competitions this year. Um, California Strongest, Clash, of course, and OSG. So all this is happening. Uh, end up finishing my master's in June. Um, I get a late admit to this school, uh, medical school in Clovis, California. I mean, I'm talking about like I got admitted probably two minutes. I mean, not two minutes, but it felt like two minutes. <laughs> uh, two weeks before school started. And uh, it was about five hour drive from my house, from my hometown, from where I live. And they're like, yeah, figure it out, you know, get your apartment, wherever you're going to live, um, situation, all that handled. Oh, by the way, you got to pay for tuition and everything, all that. Like right now, two weeks, you're like, oh, OK, just like drop my stuff and just go. Um, but that happened in June and all that, too. Um, but rewind a little bit. Um, California strongest. Uh competed you guys probably might know him mike gonzalez he competed with you yeah Mm -hmm. so um i thought i was just about to ball out and uh just made mistakes here and there and then things happen i lost by half a point so is what it is i you know learn from it take away from it there's a lot of just things like i okay got to do better got to be more equipment equipment is so important (laughs) hey was that was that contest number four for you because i know you've had a you've you've had a few few on your hands and of course winning the big show on your third one yeah yeah um that was the fourth um just i mean the biggest issue it was supposed to be like a a truck pool and we were going to do a military truck um things you know obviously strong man there's always equipment failure something happens so they ended up just putting a u-haul and then tying a one of the tires in the back i don't know i think it was like a 600 800 pound tire and it just drags in the back and uh i just didn't have the right shoes for the grip. It was on the asphalt, like right in front of the beach. 
and uh i just slip up i'm just like i'm getting no traction and then that cost me big points and just half a point at the end of the day so equipment that that one taught me equipment 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 it all matters every detail like that matters um going into clash uh i was overall i was confident only thing that i was worried about is the pace mm. and uh the sandbag toss which did end up killing me a lot um elevation all that it was kind of hard because this was actually like the time i was actually starting i think this was like my first week uh, first month of medical school i'm in and uh they were actually had to get excused absence from one of our finals that we were taking to to go to clash and they're a bit you know obviously they're a bit apprehensive about it like no hey look Medical school is like a serious thing. You can't just be missing stuff like this. Do you like, tell look. them that you're number one? That you're there? <laughs> I had to. I had to like, yeah, I had to get like a pretty much a letter of recommendation from like Andrew Mock and like, you know, fellow doctor. Yes. He's like, hey, he needs this. Like, this is what makes him who he is. It's why he got into med school in the first place. Like, you guys got to support this. And, uh, you know, back and forth, a little bit emails, exchanges going here and there. And finally, they kind of, all right, we'll, we'll let it happen. And then uh, go out and, uh, yeah, I mean, training was, like I said, sandbag toss. I was just like, that's going to do me in. All, all, then, Luke's, also, Luke Stoneman agrees with me. All throwing events should just go away for a bit. They're just – I mean, it happening at OSG, right? I mean, there's no yeah, – when they was, announced the events. I saw that. I was, I was, it made me very happy. I'll yeah. Say. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, a cat's out of the bag. I'm very susceptible to cramping. Um just an issue that I have. And uh, by the time I got to the stones, I also didn't realize how well of a blow I was going to have a water blow. Mm. And uh, my typical um, compression shorts that I were wearing were much tighter than expected. <laughs> <laughs> I was only wearing them for like five minutes, but then like by the time I'm getting called up to go to do stones, I'm already feeling like, little twitches i'm like oh crap am was i gonna a, just like was it a big cut were you doing 20 30 pounds or no I, I that's the thing i don't do heavy cuts like right now I'm, okay. i sit up at, at osg last year i didn't cut at all i was 176 wow um clash i did a water cut four pounds i was 180 like right now i'm 180 and uh so it, it's just something that like i said i've always been prone to cramping like growing up sports wise football wise it's like track and field like after a certain amount of time a certain amount of hours it it just happens it doesn't matter what treatment i've tried i mean i'm pretty sure denver colorado the elevation and all that also has something to do with it um i mean when they take salt before you work out like put salt in your uh pre-workout mix yeah i I was doing like the liquid ivs i was like pounding salts like in like i was consuming like the sodium tablets beforehand I've done it at all the entire spectrum of like everything is just, it's just one of those, it's the kryptonite dude. Unfortunately what it is, you know, it's just like, I just got to work with it. it I mean, it's probably get better over time, but if there's anybody in the comments that have any suggestions, please write them down for Mr. Ricky. And we'll... I'm definitely, yeah. he's doing stuff with bi biology. I'm, I'm not even saying <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Like I'm over here thinking like, man, okay. Just trying to do it. Like, I guess like in a protocol, like step-by-step process of like, okay, I've tried this method. doesn't work. This method doesn't work. This method doesn't work. There's a basketball player that plays for Duke. People have told me about him. He like takes like an oxygen rich, like electrolyte drink. So I'm trying to get my hands on that. Cause that dude, like, he's susceptible, susceptible to cramping as well. What, is, so, what does Tyler Young say? 
Uh, I don't think Tyler knew about it. I kind of didn't bring it up to him. He he wasn't like I. I mean, I didn't tell him about my diet protocol, my nutrition, or anything like that. And then come game day, I mean, I just the the plan was like the axle press, uh, kind of just like everything was tactical. Like mm. I did just enough to get the record, and I I was always okay with the tie. Like, hey, we're not here for records we're here for the title so i was just like doing the bare minimum because it's just a fast-paced show you want to reserve your energy all that kind of stuff and then kind of make it through up to the end and then come the stones i just look at them i'm just like dang here it is dog sorry <laughs> i'm gonna let you down and uh, i just i was just like maybe i'll just muscle it through dude and then i load up that first stone and i'm kid you not like entire just lower half just locked up uh the, the guy that caught me he was just like are you crap? I'm like, yeah, yeah, just put me down. Like it's, and then just, I was just seized up for like a good half hour. They hooked me up. They give me the liquid. They give me IVs. Um, they do the O2 set. I'm like super hypoxia. I'm like 90% O2. Everything's like, yeah, buddy, it's not looking too good. And I was just like, yeah, what's, what's, I'm what's just like the normal range? Is um, 98, okay. 98 and above, 98% above. Yeah. I was about to say nothing less than 98. <laughs> So I was really bad. Yeah. Um, I know that from heart issues that I've had. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Have you, I kind of want to get into that, but if you don't mind, like, have, have you go, always had go ahead, heart finish, issues? Finish what you got. We'll get into that later. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, other than that, I just been ever since med school, that's just been my life. Med school train here and there and training as much as I can and doing what I can in between. But med school is like, my life like people weren't lying when like the amount of information that's coming in and you're just like expected to just like absorb it is wild i mean i don't know like the analogies people tell y'all but it's like eating 10 pancakes a day you eat 10 pancakes a day it's kind of like are kind of hard for some people but think about it you're eating 10 pancakes a day you eat another 10 pancakes another day it just keeps coming at you and if like you like, hey, I'll, I'll just eat eight pancakes today. And those two pancakes are going to stack up to the next ones. And then your next, like, next thing you know, you're just getting overwhelmed and burnout happens. I mean, the other analogy is, like, trying to drink water from a fire hydrant through a straw. <laughs> so uh, very, very accurate of, like, amount of information that's coming at you. So well, with med school and OSG, you're really pushing the bounds of what, what they call a student athlete. So oh yeah, it is to you. But yeah. it sounds like Ricky did it doing his homework. He didn't listen to the Nikolai Myers former podcast that we had in the single digits. I forget what number. I think that might have been five or six or seven. But <laughs> um, of course, Nikolai was one of our first guests. Um, but of course, the, thank you, Richard, for of course getting us uh, getting us up to speed on everything. Um, you so let's talk let's talk a little bit about the events um so seven events this year it's a little different than last year we had six events um so this year we're gonna have two two and three so three on the finals day uh so what do you guys think about this year events and how they kind of line up towards your strengths and weaknesses i love them same um i'm really about to have some fun with these events uh, I would so. say they're, mo- they're mostly be- they're pretty straightforward. Uh, of course, sandbag to shoulder is probably only the new one. I know it's been a real popular event this year, so a lot of guys have been able to get their, their of course, their hands on it. Uh, but I did like the the nice touch of adding a pressing event and having it uh, on the finals day. So I think Lynn was thinking about it in the past, but, of course, he kind of pulled the trigger. Um, but I, I almost thought that that dumbbell ladder for most of the weight classes were, was pretty light. I'm not sure what you think. Yeah. Of course, Agreed. World record and all. 
Yeah, I, I think we could have pushed pushed that ladder a little bit, maybe started 20 pounds heavier, finished 20 pounds later. Um, I think most guys in the 90 kilo are capable of the 200 pound dumbbell. I, I, I wish it would like, I wish they'd had the same approach that they've had in the deadlift ladder in the past where, you know, you only get five guys or so finishing all, all of them. Mm -hmm. And it kind of creates that, that point separation. Right. Um, I think it could have been a little bit heavier and I'm not just saying that as uh, a world record holder. I mean, I, a 200 pound dumbbell at, at that level, I think most guys should be able to do. Um, I mean, it's, it's a body weight dumbbell. I think anyone should be able to do a body weight dumbbell when it comes to a weight class division. Um, so I know it's going to sound kind of rough coming from the person who, who holds the record, but I, I would have liked to seen a little bit heavier. Um, I'm kind of looking at it as like, okay, it's yoke dumbbell stones. That kind of gives me a break between yoke and stones. Like yeah. yeah. So so I wasn't sure if he was pushing for speed, but I also agree with you. I think they could have been twenty pounds heavier, like a two forty dumbbell at the end would have been pretty cool. Yeah. But we'll probably have the rules of thirds. The for, of course one third finish one third kinda doesn't finish, one third finishes and mm-hmm. one third kind of kills it. So it's probably yes. gonna be a mixture in between. Um Ben Joyce, he's a guy that works for OSG. He was asking, would you guys swap out any of the current events? And if so, what would you swap out? Go ahead, Ricky. Mm, I mean, honestly, I'm happy with everything. Like we said, as long as there's no tosses, any sandbag, anything throwing overhead, I'm happy. I'm happy. That's I'm happy with everything. I mean, I guess maybe bring back the act, the 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 deadlift ladder, but I feel I already know it's already it's done. It's kind of been like they kind of want to rotate things and all that. So the axle bar is a nice little switch up. And, and I understand we'll that. The, we'll have the big tires on there, so it'll be spectacular. Yeah. It'll be pretty cool. So yeah. for everybody, everybody to enjoy. Um, anything that you would change, change Nikolai, before we move on? Um, I agree with Ricky. I, I like the lineup. Gun to my head, if I was being told you have to change one. Um, I guess right now with the the back the way it is, I would say deadlift. Uh, just because the axle, you know, you get that extra inch. The bar gets an extra inch of leverage because of the diameter. Um uh, so I would say like maybe deadlift medley or something along those lines. Um, but otherwise I'm not really, um, I'm not really stressing about it. The only real variable in this contest, cause every, you know, what you're going to get with everything is the Viking press. And that's just because of the pivot point in your leverages. You know, um, I had a phone call about Lynn trying to calculate what I was doing with mine because I'm not a numbers guy. So I was just trying to create it as close as possible, as hard as possible. And I've been training it with my pivot point higher than me. So I'm pressing into and slightly above neutral versus at neutral where it gets easier once you go past neutral because of that same tire flip car deadlift axis. So I've just been trying to make it harder, but everything else, we know what sandbags feel like. We know what the stones feel like. They're wheel development stones. They're, they're fucking amazing. Um, and uh, the car yoke, uh, you know what to expect with that. We all did it last year. Um, and we all know what an axle feels like. So, uh, and circus dumbbells. So it's, you know, we, there's not really any variables, um, as outside of what leverage is going to be like on that Viking press. Cause Lynn, I think redesigned it. 
Mm -hmm. So it's going to be pretty straightforward. So I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, Of course, I'll I'll spoil one of the uh, fan questions. Tyler Davis asks if you're going to shave your chest prior to your stone load this year, Nikolai. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Uh, I kind of like everyone. Well, I went second to last and it didn't really matter because no one got that last stone anyway. So um, they can complain all they want, but at the end of the day, it didn't matter. Uh, so, um, I'll probably trim it a little bit just to, you know, be a little more courteous to my fellow competitors. Feel like a, deal. Like you a, know. Maybe a circle on the chest and then that, that covered. That's what I got ready. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'll just do a stripe. I call it my stone landing strip. <laughs> no. Yeah. That'll be a first. <laughs> just um, like make a symbol, make maybe even the Superman symbol and just have a rip off. And then there you go. You have your symbol on there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so of course this, this year, OSG, there's, um, a little more competitors per class. So Ooh, yeah. I'm, I'm, we, we all talked about prior, we're going to give you guys a little preview on our weight class, give some props to some guys that we're expecting to do really well. Who's going to of course push us for that title defense. Um, but in terms of previews, so we'll start with the 105 kilo class. Um, so for, for my class, I think it's, pre- it's pretty stacked. Um, and of course a little busier than some of the other classes in the, in the past, um, uh, 12 countries represented, uh, 48 competitors as of right now, um, things change all the time. Last year we had 10 guys drop out. So, um, I imagine Jeez. probably around, uh, game time, there'll probably be a, about 40 competitors on game day. Um, comparing in terms of, um, other federations, there are also some other champions from like SEL and like ultimate. So, um, of course, someone that I have, I, I have my eyes on this year is, uh, kind of the return of Andrew, Andrew Clayton to the 105 kilo scene. So he was the OSG champion back in 2017. Um, personally, in terms of my record against Clayton, I'm 0 and 3. I've never beaten Andrew Clayton. So it's, but it's also been five years since I competed against him. So I'm a different Camby from when I, when I first, uh, was competing against him. So I'm pretty excited to see how I stack up against him now. Um, Miko Anala, um, he's the SEL 2021 champ. So he ended up getting, I think ninth last year, but he is, um, I think he was a little banged up. I think he, I think he had a hurt bicep. So he didn't really give it all. So maybe a healthy Miko might put really push for the potential top five or podium. Um, this year he cattle check out of the Czech Republic. He was the ultimate um, world champion back in 2018. Uh, another talented guy. I've competed against them four times uh, in the, either in the U.S. or internationally since 2014. So, of course, Yeri's a good buddy of mine, but a healthy Yeri's also a very strong Yeri. Um, we have uh, Marcin Senwicki. He was a former champ in 2016. So he was the official strongman at the time, was official strongman Giants Live, and we had that in Belfast. So that's the year he won. But he also like took second back to – uh, ben Kelsey back in 2013. So he's a really um, steady competitor. Um, but I think he got, he might not be coming because he just got a kidney. So he was waiting for, he was on the kidney transplant oh, wow. uh, in Poland. So he recently just got a kidney. So I, I don't think he wants to ruin that just yet. So I, I don't, I think he's skipping this one uh, this year, <laughs> but, um, t- but also talking about outside of just kind of former champions, um, the three, four and five are back from this year. So that's Justin Loy, of course, um, Justin is, has was a little banged up earlier, but he right now been in a pretty good package together. And of course he took um he was a podium finisher behind uh Chad and I. Um you have McKeegan. McKeegan has had has been having a great year, um great puller. So I know he really really wants this title. He says the, the events are pretty good for him. So McKeegan's gonna put a good run. Um Hind took took fifth right behind McKeegan and he's he's a solid competitor. Um uh, but I believe the sixth 
I, I think everybody in the fi- the finals from last year is coming except for Chad Curian. So we have one through 10 all coming. So like Steve, I think there's Stephen Bradley, Jake O'Hare, um, one of the, one of the gentlemen from Zambia. Um, you also have like someone like Dan Hughes who took third at clash will be in the mix. Um, and also probably the last one to probably want to mention my boy, Michael O'Connor. Um, of course, my training partner, I always have uh, high expectations. I'll make sure he's ready for the show. Um, World sexiest then, strong man. Yeah, he's he's very he's very ripped. All that cardio, <laughs> all that cross that he loves to do. He's a good looking uh, dude. <laughs> and then uh, there's two Ukrainians. And of course, the Ukrainians are always pretty tough uh, nowadays. Yuri and uh, Vitaly. I think one of them won the ultimate 105 world title um last year but i'm not quite sure i i, I gotta find that list but that is my preview for the 105 kilo class of course hopefully i didn't hurt too many feelings or not mentioned but i, I, I of course look forward to competing against all of you um so yeah who, who wants to take it next in terms of their their weight class preview um well I, i'm not a, i'm not very good at who's who and as you all know uh you might see someone on there you don't recognize i mean Ricky is a prime example of some dude walks into a show and just completely wrecks shit um, and comes out of nowhere. So that happens. So um, anything's possible. Um, with that being said, I know uh, Nick O'Hare is going to be a contender. Uh, you're going to have Narimu's coming back. Um, uh, I'm excited to see him. He's a good friend of mine as well. Um, Tyler Davis. Yes, sir. Is, is, yeah. So you have just won the ultimate champion. Yeah, he just he just congratulations to him. He just did very well at at uh at that show. Um two out of the three podium finishers minus CJ. CJ's getting married, so congratulations, CJ. Um, but he will not be there. But you have Nick O'Hare, Tyler Davis, Narimo, Aaron Foundry's making a comeback. He just had hip replacement surgery done. Double hip. Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> um and you're talking about one probably one of the best pullers in the ninety kilo uh ever. He's up there. Um, 800 plus pound pooler. I mean, when he's healthy, he's loading 400 plus pound stones. Like it's his job. So, um, I know he's going to come in and give it what he's got. I know he's a bit limited and, um, I could be wrong here, but I know he mentioned this, this may be one of his last shows and he's just trying to go out competing. Um, so I'm going to be rooting for him just as a friend as well. Uh, and he's always a, a, a huge a, a face I look forward to seeing. Um, I I don't remember if I saw Keith Cherry's name on there or not. Mm, I, I, was um, looking, I was looking at it earlier too, um, and I can kind of give it a quick glance, but I, I did I did not see Keith at first glance. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's uh, the ninety class is stacked from the guys I know of. Like I said, I'm not a a good who is who guy. Like I know the people I know because I've met them and, and things like that. Um, but I'm excited for this lineup. It's, it's going to be, I expect there to be really good comment and, and Narimu and I share the same coach and nutritionist. So, um, Max, our coach creates winners. Um, and Narimu is a game day dude. Uh, he, when he's on it, he doesn't really have a weakness. He's very consistent. Um, he was the 20, 2019 champion cause there was no 2020, um and had an excellent performance um nick o'hare another game day dude that doesn't really make mistakes um so you know he's you know he's gonna be coming hard i, I think of course he was very close between the two guys so he's he yeah yeah i hope so and i expect nothing less um 
but it, I, I plan on uh, doing my job. You know, I plan on hoisting that pirate flag at the end of the day and, and then and earning my spot again. There's a third former champion. Um, you have Dev Reese coming back too. So that's three. You have okay. Three I was, I wasn't sure if he was coming back because right. I saw something he had posted following oh. clash. Ooh, yeah. He's listed, he's listed on there. So I'm not sure. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I know he, something about, you know, he wanted to take some time away, uh, the fire doing the sport he loves until he's ready to come back. I don't know. I hope he's there. Um, he's a, another dude that that's fun to compete with game day guy. Um, and he won 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it's the 90 kilo. You, you kind of have the same, you know, I think Leroy Smith is coming back. Awesome, um, he, he plays fifth or sixth. Um, I can't remember if John K, uh, he's, yeah, he, he's the guy from is Uruguay. He, yeah, South America, right? Yeah, um, he's the one that I was looking at because I thought he was going to bu- bump up to two thirty one for how big he was. But he looks like he, he signed up boy. for ninety kilo. Yeah, he he is big. So um, I think Clayton is his coach. So I probably expect, expect big things from John. Yeah, he's and he's listening. a sweetheart of a human. Like he was, we shared the same space in between events, and uh, that was my first time meeting him, and um, became quick friends after that. And uh, pleasure, and I, I really do hope he's there. Oh, yeah, we were we were all kind of all close together at the end. Yeah, next to Mr. Wesley Claborn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, Richard, give, give us your preview. Right. Give us your thoughts. Any props? Any trash talk you want to put out there? All right. Well, I mean, obviously, the guy that just won Clash came out of nowhere. Donan. 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 I mean, I don't know exactly how it said how you say it, but Donan. I mean, that dude. You just. I mean, 2021 OSG, he doesn't make top 10. And you're like, okay, you kind of brush it off. But like throughout the, you know, prep and all that coming up, he pulls 750 deadlift for like a 1.5 rep, 1.5 reps. You're like, oh, shoot. Okay. This guy's, he's actually dangerous. And then, um, I mean, if you guys were there, like for the water cut that he had to do, I mean, the dude, the dude was, I don't know how much I should be talking about, but he, he wasn't going to make weight. I mean, he, by the time the rules meeting at five o'clock, they're like, okay, he barely makes weight. I'm like, oh, this dude's just going to have a rough time. I mean, he balled out come game day at Clash and, I mean, just edged me out. Like I said, tied for the uh, world record on the axle. I honestly thought I smoked the um, the load medley and uh, he beats me out by, I think, seven tenths of a second. Wow. Um, he just did everything right. And he came to play that day and just, yeah, like I said, he had a ball out. So, I mean, he's obviously dangerous. He's obviously um, going to be somebody to watch out for. Um, and I, like I said, I don't see there's any weaknesses, but he's very much an explosive kind of guy. Um, so we'll see. I got to take a leak. I'll be right back. All good. Um, obviously another guy that was there is obviously Tommy. I have to give props to Tommy Tommy always like he just shows up and he just competes and he does his thing um very technical very efficient um finding movements with he's very well connected with his body and how he approaches events stupid athletic that's yeah (laughs) um just jumps like I can't I wish I could jump like Tommy just like (laughs) I mean he just like for the 
for the sandbag toss, you know, Max High doesn't hop in until like I think 18 feet, just launches it clear over. And they he could have gone way more. Like he was like, Oh, I'm good for 23 if I if they could do it, but I guess like the um apparatus was only able to go as high as 19 or 20. So he just and yeah, he takes that over and then I've yet to see him in person. He he talks big game about being a fast farmers carry guy. So uh we'll see what happens. I know 2019, I believe he won it. And now now 2022, they're bringing it back. Yeah, so, he, uh, he is he is pretty he is pretty fast. I gave him some farmers tips when I when I had a I had my seminar over at Tommy's. So Right, 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 right. We did some workouts. I might give him some tips so maybe your might make your your day a little harder. I'm all about it, man. <laughs> I mean, farmers carry is something I love to do too. So like I I mean, I've had a couple hiccups here and there, but I'm a mover. I'll I'll say that. Um so I'm expecting Tommy to show up. Um everything looks good for him. Um Another guy that I have yet to see compete is uh Nico Gagnon. Um, so yeah, a, he's he's been around for he's been around for years. Um, even I think as far back I see him like the one seventy five class at nationals or the Arnold Amateur uh, since like twenty sixteen. So he's yeah he's been he's been a, yeah he's been around for a while. Like just like Richie uh, lights out stout. He's been that was another guy I was gonna mention. Yep, yep. Um, but I've been told he's very in in person kind of the his personality is like very stoic. So interested to see what that's all about, but um, strength-wise, he's he's great deadlifter, great presser, everything all around. He's probably going to be definitely somebody to watch out for. I know he's been dealing with injuries here and there, but um, we'll see. I think like yeah, come this year, he's he's ready to compete and ready to show out. Um, uh, since you already mentioned it, uh, Richie Stout, Richie Lightout Stout, he's always been there. He's always been in the mix. He's like, I've never placed lower than fourth at like the big national and like international competitions. So um, I'm expecting something big out of him. I think he just, what was it? He won one of the World Strongman titles or something like that. I think it was for USS or something. Not. I'm pretty exactly sure he won the Arnold, the Arnold Amateur on the main stage one mm-hmm. year. But yeah, yeah. He's around with his black and white shorts. He's yeah. kind of like iconic. Monster. Yep. And like the, I don't know if he still does it, but his little, yeah. So we'll see um, what he brings this year. Yeah, definitely expecting that out of him. Um, see another guy that I'm really looking forward to compete with. Um, unfortunately, well, unfortunately, I still think he will be sorely missed. He's not competing. Is um, Andrew Hainis, unfortunately. Oh, really? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the happiest dude ever. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> like a puppy just, dog. <laughs> just always like smiling always having a good time always just like you know very supportive one of the other dudes like i mean dude just ball of energy ball of happiness always be fun to have around kind of thing just so he'll be sorely missed um people that robert hughes robert hughes is like he came up like he's always been in the mix kind of thing but like clash he kind of ends up taking six, second place and yeah. so he's training with um training with uh um, sorry Alex Jose Alex Jose. Yeah. So um he's he's definitely absorbing a lot because his training videos are looking pretty nice. And then he's, yes, he's someone very motivated. We had him on um Ooh. Yeah, right, right. Yes, yeah, yeah, clash like episodes, and uh, yeah, he's he's he, OSG has always been kind of one of those those shows that he looks forward to. So putting a lot of his putting most of his marbles into that basket. So I think he's gonna be putting on a pretty good package. Um, another dude sorely missed, Carl Sherry. 
I've so just been told that he's like got sneaking cannons for shoulders. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's also all kinds of crazy guys like CJ Krause. He's probably going to smoke the axle. Um, Did you say the, the Daglish twins, the, the Daglish twins are, are, are fun. I think right? one of them is only doing it right. As far as I'm aware, oh, really? or are they yeah, both I, doing I saw, it? I saw one Daglish in there. Thank Joe, you. Joe, they're always in the mix. So they're always somebody. To, I mean, I mean, well, are you thinking, I don't know about pull, this. You think they're going to pull a fast one? They're going to be like, Joe does the first three events and then Tim, then, uh, Tim hops in and then Joe com- comes back in. So, but what, what but if they pull a fast one, Nikolai, maybe we'll, we should like mark them before they start. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they're not yeah. swapping out and yeah. staying fresh <laughs> because they yeah. are difficult to decipher. Right. Distinguish. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, the, the, this class just keeps on getting more deep and more stacked every year. Just like, there's more and more people just coming out of the, the just the deep, and you're just like, what the heck? So, um, I'm honestly like, I'm ready for everything. I'm anticipating for like some unknown to happen again. Another Ricky. Um, <laughs> another <laughs> Donin that clash. Like, um, yeah. So, it's definitely like, yeah, I'm not taking any chances. Like every one of these events, it's like, I'm going as hard as I possibly can, and like, there's, I don't want to say there's no, there's almost no strategy to it, but like. Uh, it's probably full send, but it's still got to tell. Yeah, Tyler and Tyler and I will still we're still talking about that. Yeah, you got to build that urgency. It's, yeah. it's, it has to be there. Um, so I have, of course, a couple questions, and then some. We'll do some rapid fire fan questions. Um, but what did winning official strongman games last year, world strongest man title, mean to you? So go look, ahead, Ricky. Yeah, go. I mean, unreal. Um. I was not expecting to win the title at all. I was just like, dude, man, wouldn't it be great if I just like made it to the third day? And that that was like my mentality going into OSG. Like, all right, just make it to the third day and just have fun. Um, I mean, to this day, it's like, man, I'm real strongest man under 80. Like, I'm a bad mother. Like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it blows my mind, dude. It's just like, it's it's not something you know, five, 10 years ago, like, Oh, like you're going to be real strongest man. I w- I did not expect that at all. So like every time I just reminds myself, like you just accomplished, like probably like one of the greatest life achievements you will ever have. And it's like I said, every day, it's just, it's always unreal. I mean, surreal. And it's like that. It's like a newfound, like motivator, like, dang, if I did that, man, I can do anything. Like, like so like any challenge that i face it's like man you real strongest man you could do this like brush it off your shoulder you know get go, go to work so uh, i think like winning real strongest man has definitely lit a fire in me like that men's mentality is just like you can accomplish you really can accomplish anything so awesome answer that's where yeah how about you how about you nikolai um, I mean, it was, it was huge. Like Ricky said, it's, it's, uh, I mean, a lot of guys work hard to even get to that level and then to actually be the best at that level. It's, uh, it's super gratifying, um, outside of any sort of, I mean, we haven't even been doing this for prize money for that long. So that tells you everything you need to know. We've, we've been paying out of pocket to do this for, for decades. Um, the, my previous, go at 2020 um it almost killed me uh literally um 
two to three weeks out, my heart went into supraventricular tachycardia. Um, wasn't training. Um, I was cooking rice and, um, I went about my day feeling super anxious. Didn't know why I'm not an anxious human. Um, and, uh, luckily we had a nurse practitioner at the gym and, uh, she took my pulse. She's like, you're somewhere between 150 and 180 beats a regular within some sort of arrhythmia. You need to get to the hospital now. Started losing motor skill function. Um, started to, I was declining cognitively, um, very rapidly, uh, got rushed to the hospital. Um, you could have held a gun to my head and told me to count to three. And I probably would have told you who was president. I don't know. Um, got to the hospital, uh, and now I'm a VA patient and, uh, I've been there for broken bones, um, eye injuries, hearing loss, you name it. I've been to the VA for it as far as being hurt. Um, not even related to strong man. Um, but it was the first time I ever saw them running and coming to get me. And I was just there enough to go, uh Oh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm in trouble because yeah. they don't do that. And, um, I was, they took me in to get an x-ray MRI. Then I, I popped out. Uh, I went back into sinus rhythm. For, and for those of you listening, that's normal. Um, they then kept me there. My oxygen was down at about 96%. Um, and I was throwing PVCs and in and out of AFib and SVT for the entire week I was in the ICU. And uh, beavers going off all the time. And my case got seen by the head of electrophysiology at University of Maryland. I was in, in Maryland at the time. And they were stumped. They basically told me if I dropped, if they released me and I dropped dead in the parking lot, they wouldn't have an answer. Um, so I stabilized, they released me OSGs in two weeks. I go compete, um, like a idiot. Um, I wasn't even cleared from, from cardiology in my appointments. I literally missed an appointment to go compete. And, um, I noticed right away my horsepower was, was really, was just tanked, um, I barely pulled 635 uh, in the medley and anything static. I was just very depleted on, on static strength. Um, I actually won the farmer's carry um, uh, that year. And um, I competed in AFib for three days um, or it might've been SVT. I'm not sure. Um, but it was, I, I know it now because it takes my breath away. Um, and it's been something that will sporadically happen um, randomly. And not always when I'm doing exercise, I figured out ways to get myself out of it by either bracing, uh, carotid massage. Um, and a lot of times the surefire way is when I feel it happen, I'll go outside and do sprints to basically bring one part of my heart up to speed to match my other. And then it resets. Um, and it's been getting less and less. I noticed when my sleep's on point, my, my nutrition's on point and it's typically okay. Um, but I kept having bouts about it and I kind of, I noticed a correlation about a month ago and I had just drank water. Well, it was cold water and two days in a row I went into SVT and it was for about two hours and I hadn't had anything extended. It'll be kind of in and out for like 30 seconds. And, um, 
so I went to the hospital because it was it was I was starting to get weird. Um, and come to find out, there was research done on triathletes that were going into AFib while they were running, and the trigger was the water stations that cold water, um, because the esophagus goes right behind the heart. Um, it can create a vegan response and and trigger that arrhythmia. Um, so that seems to be, I always thought it was when my sleep was iffy. Um, so coming back from, uh, uh, I didn't know how close to dropping dead I was until I had gotten all the details. Um, and to come back and then win the following year, uh, for a sport that I was like, am I going to be able to do this anymore? Um, was monumental for me mentally. Um, and it's not something I really talked about too much publicly just because not because I don't think people should be aware, just who cares. Um, that's how I see it is everyone's got their shit. Um, who cares? So I didn't really, uh, say much about it. And in that year I placed fifth. Uh, so I personally had a good performance with, I had no complaints other than, I probably shouldn't have done it at all. Um, and still my worst place in fifth, my first year, I missed podium by point. Um, so to come back in third time around and, and really win it with what felt like a huge comeback for me that year, I'd gotten hit by a car on my motorcycle. Uh, they didn't yield in a roundabout and just smacked me. Damn. Um, I then broke my foot training during COVID. I went to the farm and was rigging up stuff. I was carrying stumps. I was pulling hay wagons and I rigged up like a seated like lap pull down with this frame piece we used after we would slaughter pigs. We'd hang them and 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 get the hair off the carcass. Well, it tipped. The ground was soft, and it came down on my foot, and I broke the first tarsal about midway back, and then that set me back. So um, then I'd gotten COVID twice. Um, so to come back from all that and then win. Um, was monumental for me mentally. And it, um, I went from feeling like, well, I need to find something else to do to like, kind of felt like a a little unstoppable in a way. Um, not bulletproof body wise, but, um, mental resiliency. Um, it, it kind of gave me, it added to my story. Uh, it, instead of just being, you know, as you guys, I'm sure have all heard it at some point. Um, people just assume you're a freak, you're gifted, you're whatever. It doesn't matter when you break a bone, when, when your body decides to quit literally like a heart issue, it, it doesn't matter how gifted, how talented, whatever the, the, the playing field is, is leveled and it comes down to character resiliency. And it, I, I felt like no one could take all that away from me. And then leading up to that saying, oh, you're, you're just a freak. You're an outlier. You're no, I, I outworked you. Like that's what it comes down to. The, the guys that win, um, it, it's a combination of things. It's discipline. Um, I, I use daily affirmations. I, I repeat things almost to a psychotic level uh, daily to get my mind in the right place. Um, especially after being injured under lightweight, you know, you got to be mentally present even during that lightweight. Right, right. So it, it, I learned a lot from that time about who I was in reflection because while you're going through it, you're just like, fuck again, like something else. Um, 
So to come out on top and to come out healthy, no issues. I felt like I could have done a day four uh, is a testament just to what discipline uh, can do for an athlete. You can take the most mediocre human and you, you give them a work ethic, which you can't. Um, you apply a work ethic and you apply discipline. The the ceiling rises infinitely. So, um, yeah, I felt a little a little bit mentally like unstoppable uh, after that win. Um, I was riding on cloud nine. I, I'm still, if if I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to get hurt, but if like if I had to drop out or I come in dead last this year, I'm I can still walk away knowing that, you know, I went in and and I've given it my all every time around. Um, And I've done something that no one can take away from me. It is mine um, that not a lot of people have gotten to accomplish. So absolutely. uh, You know, know, what I take from that story is that you, you rolled, you took the punches and just kept moving forward. And and it sounds like it was a game of inches, but also Louis Simmons was probably looking up from his, looking up from heaven kind of ble- kind of blessing you to see cuz he the, the very Louis Simmons to sk- skip the skip the meeting go to the contest no matter what but yeah know, if you ever guys ever watch West Side versus yeah. the World but that's a of course. Uh, awesome documentary mm-hmm. or if you ever listen to Joe Rogan's Louis Simmons podcast um that's probably the most I've ever seen like Joe Rogan laugh because of all the things that all the ridiculous <laughs> things that Louis Simmons would put out. Um, but uh, thank you for sharing. Those are great answers. Um, so let's, let's uh, of course move on to the fan questions. So we got, we got some funny ones, obscure ones, some general ones, but we'll do a little bit of rapid fire, but um, what are your, of course, what are you guys Axel numbers? Um, of course, and I think I know Ricky's, but if you want to share and so, so you, you too, Nikolai. Um, I have no idea. You, you never, you never, um, you never maxed out. Uh, it's been probably about four years, and I didn't use straps. All right. Um, oh, uh, listen. I think they're actual uh, overhead press. Overhead press. Okay. Overhead press. I was about to ask. Yeah. Uh, last time I did a max actual clean and press, it was probably about four years ago, um, and it was like three thirty, three thirty-five. So I have no idea now. Um, my log is at that, and my axle's better. So, and then you, of course, Ricky, you just hit yours, and I'll let let, let you get the spotlight. So, uh, what was it? Three forties, the rec- world record now for us under eighties. Um, honestly, I, I hit three fifty in training. Um, honestly, whatever whatever Tyler told me to hit that day, I, I was gonna hit it. Tyler was like, "I think you're good for three sixty, three seventy. I'm like, Shh, "If you're gonna." <laughs> If you say it, dog, then let's, let's do it. And so, I mean, in training, yeah, most I ever put in training was 350, 355. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, that day, yeah. 370 will get you close to uh, CJ's record. Um, have you guys um, ever measured your 40 time, your 40-yard dash in high school, college, in those levels? Uh, 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 Nikolai, you want to go first? or? Uh, I think I was like a 4 or 5. Four four somewhere. I was quick. Um, definitely uh, football involved in that. I got four threes. I was getting. I was running. I was a running back. So okay, that's what I. That's, that's pretty fast. I, I was a lineman linebacker. I think my fastest <laughs> was four nine five, but I got a little faster. That's still good. Yeah, that's still good for a line, lineman. Line. I mean, for a lineman. Don't, don't flatter me, Ricky. Yeah, yeah. Four three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, talking talking nutrition. Do you guys have a set regimen? I know we were, Nikolai was giving us a, kind of a lowdown, but you guys have a set regimen you normally follow 
um, like a certain diet, or what do you guys do for diets usually? Ricky, you want to take the lead here? Um, my main concern it's always high protein, always high protein, and then depending on what I'm doing, I manipulate from there. Uh, fats stay about the same, or basically carbs is what fluctuates the most. So that's why I'm like, all right, kind of like, kind of like to trick the body or not kind of keep it on like its toes, keeping that metabolism. Like if I'm cutting for too long, then I'll go back, like carb, carb up a little bit higher for a little bit. But, um, <clears throat> nutrition wise, I mean, food wise, it's, I've probably had egg whites, eggs and oatmeal since high school. That's what my breakfast is and snacks. It's basically the same. I say the only thing that I get flavorful with is my lunch and dinner, but everything stays the same, but I'm high. It's always high protein. That's what I always go for. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, same thing. I, I carb cycle. Um, so I have basically five low days, two high days being the weekends. Um, my body responds well to carbs. I don't know if it's because I'm Greek or what. <laughs> um, but I could I could eat carbs all day long and nothing else, and I would be happy as hell. Um, but, yeah, basically really high high protein um and then the the reason uh we we carb cycle is it keeps my metabolism up i naturally i i have a faster metabolism um so i can get away with a little bit more uh basically my nutrition is like if you if you want to eat a pizza sometime during the week eat it eat a damn pizza like your your body composition isn't really going to suffer but um this during this four week period before uh, contest is when we really dial it in and we really start, we, we ramp up and he kind of leaves it up to me on feel. Um, so if I, I typically do a little bit of a surplus on carbs, uh, during the peak, the heavier weights, the it's, it's a little bit more brutal. Um, the, the heavy frequency goes up a little bit, uh, before deload. And then I kind of gain about two or three pounds. And then the week of, uh, we dial back on the carbs and then, I pretty much do, I have about six pounds to eight pounds and that's when I start removing sodium and then I lose about another two to three pounds, drink distilled water for two days and I typically come in 196, 197 on the money every single time. So I sit around, you know, anywhere between 205 and 208 any given day. All right. Yeah. Um, very similar kind of water cut. I, and of course I have a water cutting video. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you can just go to my playlists. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, that's pretty interesting. I, and of course, for your guys knowledge, I'm, I'm pretty vertical diet by Stan efforting. And of course I'll, I enjoy my long walks. Um, so this is more probably more of a rhetorical question, but Joey, the man behind the, the official strong man content says, ask, are you guys all three keeping your titles? And the answer is yes. So moving on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course. So, uh, training structure for you guys, were you got, were you guys doing, um, anything different here? Like, and of course, like for instance, for myself, I, I, since I'm coming off of like America's strongest man, I was doing some OSG stuff right before America's strongest man, but I'm pretty much running two seven day training cycles. So I went se- pretty much going seven days deload, seven days deload because I have like five weeks, but did you guys do anything special or do you guys kind of do the usual 12 week prep? Um, yeah, uh, I, I had a, well, I had that back rehab for the first part of my prep coming off a of clash, and that, that was the focus. Then I had this whole road trip series thing I was doing with some of the Nitro Circus guys. and then, um, But it's pretty much been sprinkling in events and focusing on back health because we know, like, 
I'm familiar with the implements. Uh, being that I feel like I've done nothing but circus dumbbell uh, for the past year, um, almost, uh, we didn't really have to focus on that too much because my threshold for weight is very high for that right now. So we were able to focus on other things. Grip events, I typically do well like farmers, not an issue, but it was basically just bulletproofing the back to withstand uh, that. So that was really the only variation. So on deadlift, um, the heavy side pulled, I'll be honest, um, was we've, we've held, we've kept the brakes on that and I pulled a smooth triple at 550, uh, just to kind of see where it was, um, after the back rehab and it felt super good. So, um, we might do, uh, uh, another smooth triple at comp weight and just keeping the, the back safe. Honestly, that's what we did leading up to my last OSG and I had the best deadlift medley I've had. So, uh, we know it works. We know the horsepower's there through the volume that we've done. Um, but yeah, it's otherwise it's just been kind of tweaking technique and, and progressing kind of, kind of a step progression. So we gain progress, we work it, we gain progress, we work it, uh, just to stay healthy and avoid, avoid any sort of tweak or re-injury. And, and peak on the right time. How about yourself? Exactly. How about yourself, Richard? Um, honestly, Tyler has been in charge of like my entire programming. It's just like, I'm the brawn. He's the brains kind of thing. Whatever he says on that programming, I do. I think we're just doing like a seven week peak. But um, after clash, it was like, what, a week off. And then probably, I forget what it's about, a month, month and a half or so, just like kind of just like volume stuff. Um, and then now we're dialing into like specialized, just the events, um, running four or five day splits. Um, so it's, I mean, during the week, it's pretty much typical strength powerlifting kind of stuff like that and then saturday event days um so um nothing just like i think like it's just like clear cut to the point you know um traditional nice um solid strongman program and like i said everything's working out great we i mean yoke we i think we just ran through that for like a good two months so we're gonna back off of that then move off this to something else i think we're gonna start dialing in in the farmers two now and the stones but um, yeah, let the back cover the hips, all that. So been moving. Excellent. Other than that, yeah. T- Tyler will have you ready. Um, my buddy Nick asks, um, what do all three of you champions in the, of the sport have in common? So, uh, of course, we're all champions. I know me and Nikolai are both kind of Mediterranean blood. Um, you guys have small. <laughs> you guys have small wieners. If that, that, that would yes, yeah, small wieners or big noses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um but, but, but I mean, we can jot things down what do you think maybe a lo- love for love for carbs love love all animals i think uh, we're all talking good. about tortillas of course he has a love for carbs 100 <laughs> percent, dude yeah um i mean and all honestly i think we're all pretty amazing pressers i feel like we all world record oh, we all have world records yes so Duh. that wow. is definitely there there we so, go um, if, you, if you want to be a champion either need to be a champion then get the world record but mm-hmm yeah, that's kind of good. I think I, technically I did that on the same day. I think but. I think we got championships yes. because we weren't focused on world records. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Initially, right, right, right. But you got to you got to do both. I think at some point I always recommend you got to do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's first and then the records. Yeah. It's and then fun. the records. Yeah. It's uh, also so different. Oh, oh yeah, the tactician. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does he, it's it's just you and the wait. It's you and the whoever 
pre- pressed it before, right? The I mean, thing. Nikolai, I mean, for you, like that, that circus dumbbell for you to be like so in tuned, it still amazes me. Like you're able to like say that, that miss, um, the miss, the, the, the weight, the issue they had, you're like, no, that's not right. That's not right. Like for you to be able to like feel that and be in tune with that, like you've had to been like sleeping with the circus dumbbell. Like that's all you're doing. Like, I mean, I was living and breathing it. Like I, I still have a small hematoma in my forearm. I still have a burst on my shoulder. Um, to and I've also misloaded the dumbbell on myself I've countless times. So like I, I know what it feels like and I know in the rack position by the way it's sitting, if it's where it needs to be, and how the dumbbell moves. And initially it was almost thirty pounds heavy. So when I picked it, I was like eh. <laughs> that felt heavy. And then I cleaned it and I set it down. I'm like, there's no way that's nerves right now. Like I just hit a 237 pound dumbbell uh, in warm up, and like it should only be a few pounds heavier for my opener, which would have been a, a new world record. And um, so I set it down, and like I heard someone yell, like it's in your head. And then immediately I thought, I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> and then before I make an ass out of myself on television, let me clean this again and, and just dip with it to see what it does. And that will tell me. So that's what I did. I dipped with it and I felt it twist. I'm like, it's off on one side. Immediately knew it. And then people were looking at me funny and no one was listening. And I was, that's when I was like, it's fucking heavy. Like that, that's mm-hmm. not right. And then I got bitched at for cursing. And Camby's you're, like, you're, you're Cam, 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 tried to, huh? You're passionate. Yeah. Camby tried to wind me down. And I think what I said, to, what, what I said to you is I was like, look, I got the super max load. Like, 242 should feel like a breeze, like shrug it off, it happens, and then uh, the rest is history. But um, I'm honestly, I wouldn't have had it go any other way at this point because it made for yeah the suspense a very building. dramatic situation, suspenseful. It was fun. And not only did he hit the record, he broke another record after that. So yes. really cool. Um, this question is for Ricky. Um, so so I guess you were a powerlifter prior. Um, so uh, what, what was your, what was your bench PR, um, prior? Mm, are, um, are we talking comp or just like training? But, uh, both. Uh, I guess comp was 365. I was, uh, under, i competed at USAPL, uh, under, what was it nowadays? I think it's under 64 kilo class. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll wow. never be able to be in that class ever again. Yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. Um, but yeah, comp was 365. Um, I've yet, I mean, I haven't tried it since then, but. I've never broken the four plate barrier and it kind of irks me, but, uh, but I have total faith in you. But, uh, the, the follow-up question is, does it, cor- did it correlate to your overhead strength? Honestly, no, I think benching and overhead shoulder, I mean, yeah, shoulder pressing movements are, they're totally different things. Um, I don't think it had anything to do. I always was, my shoulder press beforehand was already great. I thought mm. it's just, I think my bench is trash. So um I would have to definitely say no, um they they do not correlate. They're uh-huh. there's just totally different things. So it's a big bench at U sixty four. Yeah, that's yeah. one one forty, right? Six Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kilos, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one forty. Not too shabby. All right, here, here's an interesting question, uh, even though hopefully we don't have to answer it. But if we couldn't win, who would they want to win? See, who would you want to see win instead? 
So for myself, I would probably say my training partner, Mike O'Connor. So of course, Mike's been putting in the work. He's helped me so long in my journey. So of course, I want to see Mike get his. So if I couldn't win, I want to see Mike O'Connor win. But how about you guys? <laughs> uh, or you can just pay pass. Man. Um, it's me or no one. <laughs> that's... I mean, that's the mindset I'm in right now yeah. because I'm four weeks out. That's the mindset that that's how I operate four weeks out. Um, uh, as much as I enjoy competing, I have a, a fuck those guys mentality um, right, right. going leading up because I have to, um, even though I wish only for, I want to beat them at their best. I only wish, uh, but if I had to, man, um, Nick O'Hare's old as fuck, so um, who knows how many more he's got left in him. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, but Narimu is also kind of my teammate. He's a teammate of mine with depth before Dishonor, and uh, we, uh, as well as my coach. So, um, and he's got the most epic mullet right now. Um, oh, so does. I would, yeah. you know, I would love to see him win. Um, I would love to see Aaron Foundry win. Um, I'd, I'd love to see Nick O'Hare win. Like, I, man, that that's hard because I've got so many friends in my weight division. Like, I, I don't want to play favorites. Um, like, and if any of those guys won, I, I'd be stoked. Uh, if if I couldn't win for whatever reason, um, right, I like that's it. That's hard. Nick, Nick O'Hare because he's old as hell, old as Frank. <laughs> how about how about he's you? He's gonna Ricky? die soon. <laughs> I'm kind of going to write off of that and kind of like the same thing with, with Tommy. I kind of, he's, well, he's just turned 40. He's over that. So uh, kind of like he was saying, I don't know if you guys have seen his like series, but he was just like, if I win or lose last time, like I'm going to retire. So like, you know, kind of like right off into the sunset, get the dub and I'd be happy for him kind of well, thing. You guys are really respecting your elders. I, I really <laughs> they both watch it, so please please don't hurt us when you guys see us in Daytona, but of course we're just having <laughs> a little fun here. Um, or, or, um... Oh, oh just, no. We, we just lost Nicholas. Uh, yeah. yeah I'm just... And we're back. I, I don't know what happened there, um, but I was going to add to it with... Uh... Leroy Smith, the dude from England, motherfucker chain smokes between events. <laughs> so to watch him go be a chimney and then come out and win it would be <laughs> epic. There's, there's, there's a few of those. And I was, I was kind of by the door the other day. So we just, we would smell it coming in. Coming <laughs> in. Um, do you guys have any uh, shoe, shoe recommendations for certain events? Um, like personally, I like, of course, heels. I use the Antas. Um, I like the Zeros for moving events. But do you guys have a particular shoe that you guys recommend to strongmen? for moving events or various events? Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit of an outlier here cause I have like a double extra wide foot. So my shoe selection is very, uh, narrow. Um, I have a very limited selection of shoes. Um, anything on polished concrete floors, you want a gum rubber, uh, sole, um, Merrill, um, makes a lot of really high quality stuff for less than a hundred dollars. Uh, their vapor gloves are great. Um, the nano X's they, I know they come with a gum rubber, sh- uh, sole and they have, um, less drop than a less severe drop than the, uh, Metcons. Um, I've actually been training in those recently and I've liked them because of the toe box width specifically. Um, 
anything minimalist type shoe to allow my foot to spread and do what it needs to do. Um, but gum rubber soles for polished concrete, uh, you want something a little bit more hard for asphalt. Um, and then typically anything on overhead, they have mats. Um, so you can pretty much, it's a rubber mat. So pretty much anything will work on that, but yeah. Decision. How about yourself, Ricky? Um, it used to be nobles. Um, that's what I did at OSG and then California's they felt great. Uh, but ever since like the new nanos, the nano X twos now that they released, um, I mean, at training in those, like, it's just everything's moving right. The support's there for them. Um, yeah, I, I don't, like, go beyond that. Um, I've had some people recommend Vibrams to me and uh, that, that five-finger stuff. So um, I have a pair. I just – I don't think I've gotten around to actually trying them out. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with the Reebok Nano X2s. So. Now, I will say Vibram also makes soles for other shoes. They have stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I trained a lot in uh, New Balance Minimuses, and they have a Vibram sole. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just – this is my first go-around with the Nano Xs, and I I was afraid going from a zero-drop minimalist-style shoe to that – they don't – and Nano Xs don't have much heel uh, right, because right, of right. the heel cup they have. So I was surprised at how – it wasn't a big change. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the, the Vibram is the regular, the, the, the toe shoes, correct? Right, right. Yeah. I, I've yeah. never been able to wear those because I have two web, I have two web toes on each, on each foot. So. <laughs> oh, really? I've, I've always feel uh, like I'm missing out a lot of FOMO there. <laughs> but um, uh, Nick, do you want to comment on your, uh, on your beard routine? That Of course, that was one of the questions. Uh, the beard routine. Um, I don't do that much. Uh, I'm, I'm a hairy dude. Um, but I do go with a company called live bearded. They're all American. They're all natural. So some beard products that, um, I'll name names, uh, the beard struggle. They have a lot of like chemicals in them for the fragrance. Um, and that creates some skin irritation on my face and it'll make me break out and, I'm not someone who even has that sensitive of skin, but just something I'm putting in daily. Um, I use an, I use the oil. The oil is actually not for the beard. It's for the skin underneath. As your beard grows, it draws the oil away from the skin. That's where you get the dryness. So I use oil, a couple drops of oil, put on my fingertips and massage it into my skin. Then I use what's called a beard butter. Um, it's mm. about medium hold, but it basically softens the beard and controls the flyaways. And I use about a dime-sized amount. Uh, for all this and then i just comb it in and then takes me about 90 seconds then i go about my day mm, interesting you shouldn't be talking about butter when we're trying to cut weight so <laughs> <laughs> but that's a very good routine i might bring back the beard one day i, had, I haven't rocked a beard in strongman since, since 2018 so dude you're tired you pull maybe, it I'll, off. maybe i'll take some, make some tips um and then um so of course those are the most of the fan questions uh but one of the questions that I always kind of like, um, especially kind of heading into a, a show like OSG, we're going to have like 400 competitors, almost 50 people per weight class. So there's going to be a lot, a lot of big names. Um, but what what advice would you give to a fellow competitor competing at OSG um, in four weeks? What, what were your, what are the suggestions from the champs? Go ahead, Ricky. I mean, I screwed up here whenever I first went to OSG. Um, but my, my advice is stay in your lane, focus on you, 
just do you and then then have fun you're at osg you're competing with the best of the best just and then like said do you do i say that because whenever the first event for last year was the log press and um i find out my heat what 20 minutes 30 minutes before or something like that whatever it is and i'm right next to andrew heinous and then i already get in my head like oh crap i'm gonna i'm gonna get roasted this dude's gonna just he's gonna win obviously and he does win um and i got in my head and then just like i still had an okay performance but like compared to training i was yeah that was still pretty poor compared to what i was expecting um thankfully my dad was just like hey like okay first you know first event jitters on the road stage you know walk it off like next event is your favorite event yoke or one of your favorite events just move on so stay in your lane do you don't don't worry about anybody else i like it short-term memory i always say of course if you ever have that just yeah well can't just want one play and get back at the other how about yourself nikolai same thing. Um, a lot of people, I feel like they're they're so caught up in stalking how other people's training's going and what numbers they're putting up. And what I've learned in this sport is that a lot of people look really good in training, uh, and then game day, it's a different animal. Um, there's so many variables uh, with things, but staying in your lane allows you to control and and minimize your focus into a bandwidth. Your only responsibility needs to be doing your job, uh, which is each event and recovering between each event. That's where your focus needs to be on nothing else, no one else. Um, and doing that alone will eliminate a lot of potential mistakes um, by just focusing all that mental bandwidth on execution, uh, event to event, short-term memory. Um, I, I botched my sandbag toss and then came back and executed on stones. And I took about five minutes to go get pissed off, take my hat off, throw it in a room where no one wasn't around and just be extremely pissed at myself for five minutes, settle down and then focus on the next event. So focus on you, do you, um, and, and just enjoy the, the environment of being in, you know, an environment of where everyone there is trying to do the same thing you're trying to do. You, you're all in it together because of that. Awesome. Terrific answer. I want to build upon, uh, of course, staying in your lane. You guys both kind of mentioned it, but especially within training, you're going to see people doing certain training numbers. Focus on your own training. I've had, I, I yelled at my buddy, Tommy Sharp, um, training when we were both going after the max dumbbell and he hit 270 and my plan, um, at one point was to hit 275. That was going to be my last attempt before I started a new block and build back up. Uh, and it was my first time actually doing like a single max and I hit 275 and he saw that. And a couple of days later he went for 280 and I kind of yelled at him. I'm like, he's like, what? He's like, did you have that plan? He's like, no, I saw you do it. And I'm like, I'm like, Tommy, you gotta, you gotta stay, you gotta focus on your training. You only have so many um, attempts in you. So I always say is that don't look at other people's training, focus on your own. Don't change your other training just for that. Because if you do, then that you're giving the competitor, what they want really because i, I want mm -hmm. I, I want people to rather focus focus on me and not focus on what they're doing and then it's gonna make make it that much easier to win so focus on yourself people um but that's all the questions for today um of course thank you guys for coming on um where can people find you if they want to learn more about you i'll go first i'm pretty straightforward um ricky.lift is my instagram handle um Facebook, I guess, just look up Richard Pang and I literally have the same profile picture. I mean, everything's linked there. 
Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of just like hidden away here in Clovis, California, and just doing medical school. And then other than that, yeah, that's pretty much my main focus. Mm. But yeah. How about you, Mr. Nikolai? Um, you can find me pretty much where you can find everyone else. Um, it's like Google me, bitch. No. <laughs> um, uh, Uncle Dot Nick. That's N I C uh, on Instagram. Uh, Nikolai Myers on uh, Facebook and stuff. Um, keep an eye out for the Nitro Circus four part series that's coming out for the border to border that we just did, and then there will be one full length uh, piece coming out on the Can Am. Uh, territory as well um, but yeah that that's where you can find me uh, I'm around I'm in I'm in here in Phoenix Arizona uh, train out of Liberty performance um, you know I'll plug my coach Max my nutritionist uh, Quentin um, and then uh, as always Nick it's it's a pleasure I love that you're doing this I love that you're giving these athletes a platform uh, to talk about their experiences, their concerns, giving people these questions to interact uh, with us. Um, And I think it's great what you're doing. And um, however we can continue to help you with this journey that that you're doing within the sport. um, I'm I'm happy to help and and promote what you got going on. I always get, I would get as much benefit, of course, listening, probably more than the listeners. I always learn something. I wrote down, you guys made me self-conscious about my shoe wear, so I might have to upgrade my <laughs> shoes. So I, I have the zeros, but I'm thinking like, like it is this weird slippery floor, the convention floor. Maybe I should upgrade my shoe wear, or maybe just get a new pair. So you guys motivate me to be better by every episode. I'm, I, I take a few things away and make, make, make myself better. So thank you for sharing your experience. Thank you for coming on. Um, and then remember folks listening at home, don't forget to like comment, subscribe notification bell. So, you know, where, um, you know, all the new episodes come out, tell your friends, uh, tell your family, see you guys in Daytona and until next time, stay strong. Oh, I screwed up there. Stay strong.